Welcome back, baseball fans, to Rounding Third, the baseball podcast, episode three. I'm James. We're recording and posting this on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm joined by my co-host, Max. Yeah, what's up, everybody? I'm, I'm glad to be back. Glad to, glad to be here on Christmas. we got some great topics today. We're first, first in-person uh, recording here, so things might get a little, little more back and forth here live. Uh, we'll see. A little heated too. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, bringing the flair certainly. Uh, on this Christmas, we're going to start you off with our Christmas wish list, baseball specific. Uh, so, starting that out, biggest free agency you want signed from the remaining players, Max. So first thing on my wish list, the the biggest free agency signing that I want to happen once the lockout's resolved. I'm actually going with Albert. I want Albert to Albert Pujols. I want him to sign with an American League team. He's currently 21 home runs, shy of 700. I want him to get it. He can play another year, maybe another year after that. And he's he's shown he's still got some pop in his bat. You saw with the Dodgers. Um, I think if he got to an American League team specifically and was able to play DH, assuming that DH isn't in the NL at that point, which we'll see in the collective bargaining agreement, but I think. That would be my my dream thing. I want him to hit. I want him to hit 700. Do you care where he signs in the AL? Um, not not particularly. I mean, there are there are teams I wouldn't want him to go to, like the Yankees or Red Sox or some of those big names. Astros that'd be terrible. I'd like him to go to like the Guardians. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I, but I can see him going to like the White Sox with Tony Larusa. But no, nowhere in particular. I could see the, the White Sox competing team and Tony La Russa being a big packer. Potentially, yeah. I think what's interesting to me there is pretty uh, nice of you to, instead of wish Pujols comes home for you, the Cardinals, uh, your favorite team, and finish his career there, you'd rather see him go to the league that's more beneficial. So, nice Yeah, take. what about you? What's your, what's your biggest free agent? My take's got to be, I mean, got to be a homer pick there, but I, I need Clayton Kershaw to finish his career in a Dodger jersey. I mean, I, I'm serious. If if he doesn't sign with the Dodgers, that's going to be so painful. I mean, he's right there. He's already got a statue. He's got his place in Cooperstown. No, I, I'm with you. I think he needs to stay. I, I mean, you care, obviously, a bit more about I more than I do about him staying in particular, but I think it would be nice to see him retire as a, a Dodger. Yeah, I, I think that just that just feels right. Um, you know, going off that, I think it's funny. Both of our wishes are kind of legacy plays in that regard. Looking at the older guys, not really. Uh, yeah, no Freddie Freeman or Correa talk. No Chris Bryant. None of those big guys. Yes, I just, I guess, I just don't really care about a lot of those guys. I, I don't. I'm interested to see where they're going to go. Obviously, but it's it's not one of my biggest free agency wishes. How about this next one? What rule do you want to see changed in next year? One wish, one rule changed. What is James going to do? This one's easy. Uh, I had a total change of heart. I used to think the American League was soft with the designated hitter position. I thought it was terrible, and then the COVID year happened. Following that year, I cannot figure out why we waste our time making pitchers swing bats. It's bad. They can get hurt. It's not a good product. It makes your game easier. It's nine free outs. Please, dear God, National League, get me a designated hitter. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. 
I, I watched the Cardinals get lose Flaherty, lose KK. It, it was um, it was brutal, and I know other pitchers were getting hurt throughout the league. It's just stupid. Like they're not good hitters. They don't practice hitting. They just a free out, and sometimes they get hurt. There's no win. In the best case scenario, is you get a pitcher who goes off has a couple bunts. Maybe you get a Julio Urias. You get a couple hits, fifteen RBIs. What? Why is it? What's worth the risk? I mean, why are we doing this? And the game's so much better. Please give me a designated hitter. I do agree with that one. Mine, mine might be a little controversial. I've heard people on both sides of this, but and this is a new rule. They got to get rid of the runner on second the next innings. I hate it. It's so stupid. I know it speeds up the games, but why do we need to speed up the games? It's extra innings. Like it's been like that for hundreds of years. I, I just don't get it. I know people like it because it makes it immediately exciting, but I would just rather keep the game going as it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I would say I'm on the other side of you where I like it. But Why? Why? Give me your argument. I, I think my feeling on it is just I, I've been through – you watch a couple of those games where it's just nothing. I mean, it's whiff, whiff, whiff. Terrible baseball, six innings, it's, you know, rain and shitty conditions, and it's just like, why are we here? It's 2.30 in the morning. Like, who cares? This is one game in a 162-game season. This is ridiculous. It's kind of nice to just like, all right, we got a guy in second, you know. It's like what you see in college football with the new two-point rule, where it's just like, okay, you get super high-pressure situations. Who handles it in the clutch? I, I mean, I get that, and I have my own quarrels with uh, how college football handles it. But I just... It seems like one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it things. Like, who was arguing about this? And then they implemented it for that COVID year, and I guess maybe there was positive reactions to it. But I just, I mean, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I just think they should keep playing it. Well, but what if after, they, like, after the 15th, they put a runner on second? Or, like, like I don't know. Yeah, but here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> if you're a manager... Do you want to have to use your entire bullpen arms for a series in one night? It's part of the game, though. Yeah, it's part of the game. Can't mean, make it easier on the managers. I mean, I, I guess. I, I Look, also for me, I'm a West Coast guy. I, I watch all of the Dodgers games on the East Coast. If that stuff goes into the 15th inning, I'm up, I'm up till 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> so, personally, on a bias there, let's let's wrap this thing up. Let's, let's get it done. But No, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, I, I thought it might be a little suspect. All right, how about this next one? Your next thing on your Christmas wish list of 2022 for the MLB. Dream expansion team. Where, where would you like to see a new MLB team? I'll tell you this. This one was actually hard. At first, I didn't think it would be hard as I thought about it. There's kind of a couple different ones I could go to that really entice me. Let's hear it. Uh, you know, I'm going to run through all three of them. That go I ahead. Just had Let's to do say. it. One, I know the Nationals. I love them. I love what they're doing. They need to stay there. We need to get the Montreal team. We need to get baseball back, get the Expos back. I love it. I have some bias. My great-grandpa was the public address announcer for them. But still, give Canada another team outside of Toronto. Toronto is going to be exciting. Get them back. It was exciting. Great uniform. I mean, great culture. I think it was kind of fun. Get the little French aspect on one of your teams. Outside of that, new expansions. I think, I mean, everything's going to Vegas. You have to look there. I mean, now with the There's a lot of rumors about the A's going there. 
A's, the Oakland A's are like about to sign a deal to move to Vegas. It, you know, I think, I, I think it's due. I mean, Vegas is collected. And then the last one that I like is uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And that's just got to be because you're in a perfect place with naming rights and everything to have the Louisville Sluggers. Like, that's the thing. I know you have the bats, and that's a triple-A baseball team. I like, like it. Make it to Sluggers. Get them in baseball. It can support professional sports. That's my list. I like it. I like it. Mine, I kind of on a similar vein to your first one about moving outside the country, I believe that we should have a team in Puerto Rico or, or somewhere down in Central America, maybe probably not Cuba, maybe Jamaica area, um, where a lot of baseball, there's a huge baseball population. You look at the MLB, it's littered with people from these Central American countries, Dominican Republic, um, Costa Rica, Panama. And I don't think the travel distance can be an argument either because you look at teams like the Marlins. They fly from Miami to Philadelphia all the time. They're in the same division. You look at Cardinals flying to Pittsburgh. That's halfway across the country. Um, The travel wouldn't be bad. Um, And I think it would be a great showing of support for these communities. See, my my problem with the with the DR and honestly not a problem just the information I just looked it up real quick on the side New York to the Dominican Republic that's a, a three hour 50 minute flight so that's doable that works it's definitely doable teams works. fly that all the time LA's is six hours 40 minutes to it so like that's also not you know it happens when LA plays on the east coast you get that so it could be workable I would say maybe the the merging of the idea is like a Mexico City yeah where at least they're going into another country, going further south, attracting, getting closer to that pipeline with the dream maybe expanding there. But I, I love the idea of incorporating the DR. Puerto Rico would be really easy because you're at least regulated under federal U.S. law. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought Puerto Rico would be a great one because it's a U.S. Uh, what, what are they called? Territory. Territory. Yeah, um, you're going to need a passport for players. I don't know. I think it'd be cool. Uh, I know there's a lot of red tape and all that, but just an idea. How about, okay, this next one. Biggest bounce back season. Who, who, who hasn't been playing well recently that you'd love to see, love to see pump it up? I, mean, I, I think where I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I mean, mine, it's kind of a no-brainer, and I want to say that you can maybe say it's bias here, but really this take, I think, comes not from a bias take either. It's got, that's got to be Cody Ballinger. I mean, here you go. you got a kid, rookie of the year, stud, 40-plus home runs. He comes back, he gets an terrible season comes back after the mvp the sky's the limit he looked incredible for half the season of his batting 400 i mean just incredible player and then last season just could not hit a baseball i feel uh, like that's just who he is he always is like wins rookie of the year then sucks and wins mvp then sucks the problem is it was two years now mm-hmm. that it's been down but i will say always to his defense the second the playoff lights come on that dude Loves to show up and bang home runs and mash them. Belly bombs, one of my favorites. I need more of them. Today, he just agreed with the Dodgers to avoid arbitration. One year, $17 million. That's the season. Let's bounce it back. Have a monster year. Let's pay this kid. I have a very similar one. It's That's actually the player who competed with him for the NL MVP. That's Christian Yelich. Um, he has had basically an amazing streak of, of years going where he's batting just around 300, um, obviously with the Marlins and then with the Brewers. Um, monster years. Monster years. I mean, 
before the past two seasons, he was batting 329, 326, 282, 298, 300. Um, and then with a 1.1 OPS in 2019, a 1 OPS in uh, 2018, he obviously won, won the MVP in 2019. But last, the past two years, in 2020, in the shortened season, he batted 205. And last season, he bat, batted 248. So these are extremely low numbers for him with OPSs in the 700s and not hitting nearly as many home runs. With only nine home runs last season, uh, compared to hitting 44, 36, 18, and 21 between 2019 and 2016. I think he's due for a big bounce back year. Um, as, as much as I don't like to see it, because obviously within NL Central, the Brewers are already a really great team. I, I, I think he's due. The, the last thing you need to add to that Brewers team with that ridiculous rotation and ridiculous bullpen and closing action is Yelich in his MVP form. If you put that together, that's a World Series contender, no question. I mean, no when, question. when he was on fire 2019, he was, he was the king of baseball. I mean, that dude was scorching hot, just destroying people left and right. It was incredible to watch. So... I think that's a great one. And, yeah, he, he really has had a, had a drop there. You know, tough, tough to see. You, you, you want those guys, you want those great players playing well for baseball. That's what makes the sport fun. Give me your 2022 American League wish. What is your Christmas wish for the American League? Uh, two main ones. Uh, the first one, which I'm, I, I was going to root for the Astros to not make the playoffs. Because I think they're done and they should get out of here. But my main ale wish is for the Angels to make the playoffs with a healthy Trout and a healthy Shohei. I don't need to say anything so, else. So the, the thing that I find interesting is I was making it a point to shovel this topic to you to open because I was torn between two, and I was just going to be like, we'll see if he covers one and I'll get the other. The exact two in between is, God damn it, get Mike Trout in the playoffs. This Angels team, no excuses. Make it happen. Get Get us these phenomenal players in the playoffs and fuck the Houston Astros. Get them out of here. Stop letting them go to World Series. Stop letting them compete in the championship for the American League. Get them out of here. Get them out of the playoffs. Someone grow up and beat them. They're terrible for baseball. Get them out of the playoffs. Please, those are the wishes. How about NL? What do you think? NL wish. I think this, this one's interesting. There's a lot of places I could go. I guess I would say I, I hope that the NL West stays how it was, but I'd also like the Padres to try. Um, but the I Giants won't be up there next year. And, and Mark my words. You know, I, I said that I, I think I thought it was a fluke. I'm not sure. It was incredible for me to watch the Dodgers beat them in the playoffs. But, you know... Watching that was super fun. The other place I'd look for that is the NL East. I'm hoping with all the action there that we really get some great baseball there. I'm excited to watch that Mets team. And, of course, you know, the Nationals always have those arms. You can't ever count out Bryce Harper, reigning MVP at the moment. And there's a lot going on in that division. Uh, the Braves, reigning World Series champions. I mean, young Marlins team. That's the thing. It's like, let's, let's keep that hot. I just love competitive baseball let's get some stuff wire to wire like watching what the al east did down to having four teams playing for a wild card spot in game 162 
Let's get that in the That's what baseball is all about. That's what I want to see. You know, I kind of have a a similar one. I want to see the Padres do well. I want to see the Padres win the NL West. I think Fernando Tatis is good for baseball. Gets everyone hype. He's one of those kind of like Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes type players um, that just draws so much attention. And I'd like to see him have a real chance on the big stage and see if he can, you know, kind of build this legacy that he has potential to do. I think those are the only two teams. I don't believe in the Giants. I know people didn't believe in the Giants before last season, but they lost Buster Posey. They might lose Chris Bryant. They lost Gossman. Yeah. I mean, the team's going down, and you have to think, I mean, you can only have some of those players playing exponentially out of their shoes for so long, right? Like at game 400, it's like that's got to stop. Yeah. That guy's not that guy. Well, I think that's our Christmas list, so hopefully, Santa, if you're listening... (laughs) Deliver all that, tie it with a bow, bring it. I think that would be good for baseball. Tweet at us who gave the better answers. Loser gets coal in the next episode. Make sure you tweet at us rounding third now. Moving on to our next topic. We got something good here, don't we? We have something that's scorching hot. Um, New segment. You know, it's a segment we teased last episode, and that's going to be our Bad Boys of Baseball podcast. Uh, and we decided the only way to kick this off is really with maybe the most controversial one, the big hitter, the big boy, Barry Bonds. I mean, yeah. So what we're trying to, we're the bad boys of baseball are going to be those players who maybe aren't in the Hall of Fame or are under a bit of controversy for one reason or another, whether it's PEDs or gambling, kind of these controversial players, and we're going to break them down. And like you said, obviously everyone knows him as the all-time home run leader, but. I mean, this guy was probably the greatest hitter of all time and a lights-out five-tool player his entire career. Seven years in Pittsburgh, 15 years in San Francisco, MLB record, 762 home runs, 2,558 walks, 688 intentional walks, and the record of most home runs in a single season was 73. Only player with 500 homers and 500 stolen bases at least only behind Babe Ruth and War, second all-time in extra base hits. I mean, you can just rack these up. 232 walks in 2004. There are only 162 games in the season, and he got walked 232 times. Career batting average, 298 with 1.051 OPS career. Seven MVPs, eight gold gloves, 12 silver sluggers, 14 all-stars. Led MLB in slugging seven times, on-base percentage ten times, batting average twice, and OPS nine times, 12 times walks. I mean, these stats are just otherworldly. And the most important of them all will not be in the Hall of Fame. As we got left, one more chance, one more year. One more year. He was at, what, 61? Or was yeah, he 71? he was, he oh, was Kurt 61. Oh, 71, yeah. right. As you know, we referenced um, in... Was that episode two? Yeah, that was episode two. Episode two where we talked about the Hall of Fame. So Barry Bonds, that incredible, incredible resume. I mean... Probably the best in baseball. People talk about this guy as the best in baseball. So why is he a bad boy? I mean, explain it. It's alleged PED use, and that's what people always go down. He was on the juice, you know. Yeah, and it's always up in the air. Like it, It's always been up in the air because... To my knowledge, and you may correct me, he never popped hot on a test. He was never on never an MLB test. He was never hot for steroids, PEDs, nothing. Clean MLB drug test. 
Yeah, what happened was his trainer from 2000 to 2003, Greg Anderson, who worked at the Bay Area Laboratory Cooperatives, otherwise called Balco, he was Barry Bonds' trainer, trainer, and he got indicted by a federal jury for supplying, supplying steroids to players. And it was alleged that Bonds, you know, might be one of these players, obviously. And this was the trial where he acted as a witness um, and this is what kind of put him under hot water for the next decade is because he was a very evasive to some of the questions they were asking him about his own specific drug use. And, and basically the story goes on and on and we'll get into it, but that him being evasive and allegedly lying under oath um, and committing perjury and obstruction of justice was what he was eventually indicted for in 2011. Being evasive in that in that uh, trial where his his trainer was charged with giving steroids to all these different players, and so in 2007, the the trial for his trainer was in 2003, and in 2007, Barry Bonds was indicted on charges of perjury and obstruction of justice for lying to a grand jury during the federal government's investigation of Balco in 2003. What we just talked about. I, now these chart, yes. John I have some crucial information hot off the press, breaking news uh, from 2011. <laughs> uh, actually, in the 2003 Balco trial, one of the things that was brought up was a uh, urine test that was positive for steroids from one Barry Bonds. Okay, but even so, if he tested positive in 2011. Um, Still, the fact remains that what he was indicted for in 2007 was perjury um, and obstruction of justice in that 2003 trial. But the conviction was overturned. Well, so when he was indicted in 2011, he was given a $4,000 fine, served 30 days of house arrest in his, in his Beverly Hills mansion, and two years probation, just in case, you know, he decided to take steroids again and then needed probation. And then 250 hours of community service. So, I mean, talk about getting it off light. Um, but these charges were eventually dropped in 2015. So he's, he's all clear of these charges. But yeah, in 2015, these charges were dropped. So he served a, a minimal sentence, you know, it was never actually found. Um, By the MLB test. The MLB never found him positive. But this, this, this sample for the case was what was found This positive. sample was related to Balco testing, lawyers testing. So that's what it is. The MLB, there's no proof that in the MLB era, in the MLB days, the MLB never got positive. positive for steroids. That's what the thing is. But the MLB has barred him from the Hall of Fame. Essentially, it's, he's not barred, but the, the controversies. The, the writers, writers who vote don't want him. Yes. His numbers were tired in San Francisco, and they, they've, they put him in, in their Hall of Fame. And I guess for, for those, a lot of people know Barry Bonds towards the end of his career when he's kind of this bigger guy. And the Giants, when he played on the Pirates, he was a thin guy, um, still hitting incredibly well. But then you can kind of see him bulk up. And he says that this is because of his changed diet and bodybuilding rather than any sort of PED use. But what do you think? I mean, I mean, he, here's my view is, yes, he probably did that. Now, I have a maybe it's a hot take. This is probably a hot take I have. I don't think that that matters. Yes, obviously it's an asterisk. You got to keep track of it. But, but everybody I, was doing it. That's the thing. I think you have to look at the context of the era. When you look at the top five players in his era, top four are juiced. 
confirmed juiced? I mean, what do you want? And you look at, okay, you look at those stats and you have to understand the PED use. There's no PEDs that you are taking that are going to make you see a 99 mile an hour fastball better and have the hand-eye coordination to hit a 12-6 curveball that has seven inches of drop. That doesn't happen. What really happens is maybe you gain the muscle mass to hit a ball 15 feet further. You know what happens if you go to Barry Bonds and you take out the home runs, you subtract 15 feet from all of them, see if it's a home run or not? He's still one of the best damn hitters in baseball, still one of the best players to ever play the game. And that's my point. The fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is a disgrace to the game. It's a disgrace to him. And I understand you may say he disgraced the game with the drug use, but you look at a player that caliber... I think it's crazy he's not in there that you walk the Hall of Fame, the best, the guys that represent this sport. I mean, how do you not have that guy in there? Sure, pit on the plaque. The guy was no, hot. I'm with you. I agree. I think he should be in. I think he's the greatest batter of all time. I mean, he's the only player ever that had like an advantage over the pitchers. They could only throw him a couple pitches they hit every game. That's why he got walked so much. I mean, he was an absolute machine when he – there's a clip when the bases are loaded, they intentionally walk him to let a run in in the bottom of the ninth when they're only uh, down by two. They let one run in because they just can't let him get in that bat. Um, it, I mean, I think that speaks to how lethal this guy is. I would have to find it on uh, YouTube, and maybe the audience can help me out and tweet it. But one of these great uh, baseball analytics sports channels, uh, maybe it was a chart party – did some clip, and essentially, hypothetically, if you take the bat out of this man's hands, the percentage that he was intentionally walked, he would still have a higher on-base percentage than the rest of the league. Exactly. Without a bat. It's insane. It's nuts. I mean, when you think about these stats, you just it, every you can keep finding every single time you look, there's another stat that gets crazier and crazier, harder to believe. But I like what you said about the era too, because if you think back to McGuire Sosa, who were just before just before Bonds entered the league. Um, their their summer of '98 when they were on that home run race, and they're both admitted steroid users. It, it, Mark McGuire has admitted publicly that he used performance enhancing drugs, and that summer was amazing for baseball. It, it was, brought it, baseball was dying and going down '94 '95 lockout. Um, it was it was a big summer for baseball and got a lot of people watching baseball and really saved the sport for a little bit. And, and that's really my point is you look at these guys, and I'm, I'm not saying, yes, condone steroid use, but I would say in some ways there is an argument to maybe legalize it with parameters and make it fair for everyone. Again, just be like, let's make baseball sexy. Let's start hitting 500-foot home runs for fun. But as you said, like that does make the game better. And I think by not having in your Hall of Fame and not recognizing a player of this caliber – I, right. I just think the argument against that is if you start allowing the steroid use, then you're going to make it so the people who are willing to do that to their body over and over are going to be rewarded by being the better players. And you're not going to give provide opportunities for players who ne aren't necessarily willing to take PEDs because they're not the best thing for your body. And then they would suffer by not being able to compete at the highest level unless they're somehow able to build kind of the same level of mass and skill. Right. No, that, that's a fair argument, and it's fair to maybe even scale it down and regulate it, but 
I just think it's fine. Put an asterisk on it. Put him on a special side of the Hall of Fame. But Jesus, get him in Cooperstown. Maybe don't put a light on him or something. But can you get him in the back corner? I think he'll get in. I think I think the Veterans Committee will put him in after the. Uh, I, I don't think he'll get voted in next year. You know, and I think that's something to talk about because, as we said in last episode, the Veterans Committee is specifically there to consider era, and history and context. Right. And I think it's gonna. It's. I don't see a way in which they can keep this guy out. I mean, he's he has the greatest wins above replacement. The only player above him is Babe Ruth. I mean, all those stats we named, he's at the on the pantheon of MLB players in the history of the sport um, from numbers alone. You know, it's funny. There are a lot of stories about him, about how he's like a total douchebag in, in, in real life. Like, he hates reporters. He's like a dick to reporters. He's awful in the locker room. And at least for part of his career, and eventually that, that changed, and he kind of wore a smile a little more. But apparently there are stories, or not, there are stories from Skip Bayless, uh, Jim Gray, all these players who have interviewed him and say he's kind of a hothead. Not that that matters about the Hall of Fame at all. But, well, I mean, in some ways it does, because look who's voting. It's the writers. Exactly, exactly. I mean, in some ways, you know. I mean, obviously I'm not saying maybe that's the reason he's barred, but... You know, so so what we really want to know is please respond on your take on, on Barry Bonds. Should he get in? Shouldn't he? What's your whole thought on PDs and that? And then, of course, this segment, Bad Boys of Baseball. Who are you interested in us covering? There's a lot of options out there, a lot of stories to tell in baseball that are kind of in the dark underbelly of the sport. Uh, so that's really what this segment's here to do. Is yeah, we'll, we'll come back next week with uh... – We'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll do it every couple weeks. We'll, yeah, we'll see what we'll, the, the We'll cycle probably is. spread it out, but you know, let us know if there's one you're really itching for. And this is a new segment we're going to kick off as well. I, I'm looking forward to this one. This is the most unbreakable records in baseball. We're going to cover one similar to this every couple weeks. And this one we're starting with, um, you know, there are a lot of bre- records that I think are unbreakable, but this... I would bet a lot of money that this record never gets broken in our entire lifetime. I would say that's that would be an incredibly safe bet. I would say what we're about to talk about maybe the the most unbreakable record in sports. And we're talking about Cal Ripken Jr.'s most consecutive games played record. This is kind of just outrageous. The, like really, the numbers here are unbelievable. It, it you can't really like. Think about what you're what you know, you have to really think about it because it just is a number. But when you look at this, this man played 2,632 consecutive games, did not miss a game for his team, 2,632 games in a row from 1982 to 1998. That's 16 years. He played every single MLB game, 162 games every year. No injuries, no sitting out, no Sundays off. Every single game. He never got benched. Not once in the streak. Was that consistent to never... And to put this in context, Lou Gehrig is second. Um, and he, he sets a record, or his record was 2,130. So that's 502 less than Cal Ripken. And the player below that was had only 1,300 consecutive games. So less than half of what Cal Ripken had. I mean, it's it's not like he's barely setting this, this record. Like, 
he bl he blew out all of the previous records. And to note, most of the previous records, like two through ten, are all players from pre nineteen forty. Things like this just don't happen anymore. It it's not happening. I wanted to look up. I was curious, so I looked up Cal Ripken Jr. If you don't know, shortstop, most of his career was it most of it or all of it with the Baltimore Orioles? I think it was all of it. I think it was all of it, but he's, I mean, that is one classic baseball jersey. By the way, if you're looking to buy a jersey, Cal Ripken Jr., Baltimore Orioles, that is a uh, great jersey to have. But I was looking at the MLB shortstops for the 2021 season, and the most games played was 160. Not even a full season. Now, 160 still. It was J.P. Crawford uh, on the Mariners. A nice accomplishment. That's great. That's 160 more games than I'll ever play in a season. Um, but, you know, didn't do a full season. The point is that Cal Ripken Jr. did 16 full seasons. Never got benched. Never got a day off. Never, you know, I mean, oh, wife, wife's having a baby. Nope. None of that. Nothing. Never got injured. I mean, not getting injured for 16 years is almost unfathomable. When you play, I think, if you're not really a huge baseball person and not realize... And in the summers in baseball, when you're really going, you're playing, if you're lucky, six games a week. And right, you have right, a day off. That's right. if you're lucky. It's pretty standard to have 13 to 16 games straight in a row. I mean, the average day. MLB seasons only, or average MLB careers only, I, I've seen various numbers, but it's like 2.7, 4.6, 5.2 years long. I mean, this guy played 16 seasons and played every straight, single game. Yeah. <laughs> 16 seasons straight. I mean, it's... No one's gotten close. I think, what did you say? The closest that's happened recently was like 1,100? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was in 2000, I think. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll never see this, especially in today's day and age. Honestly, there have been advancements in training where it probably is better to play your stars 140 games. Right, um, right. And you just don't want to push guys. And it's just, I mean, Kyle Ripken Jr. is a savage. So kudos to him. He's also... One Such of the most likable guys. Most likable guy in baseball, maybe. I mean, I've never met someone who dislikes him. Pretty much everyone likes him. Awesome guy. Great for the sport. Absolutely great for the Statue sport. Statue kind of guy. Little quick segment there. I, li I like that one. Uh, we'll have to get some uh, intro music or something like that for the people. Um, let us know what you guys think about that. I mean, I think that's the most unbreakable record. I think the odds on that being broken in our lifetime would be plus 50,000 or something. No one's going to touch that one. No one's going to touch it for a while. I'm, I'm safe betting the mortgage on that. Uh, I don't even think anyone would want to touch it. I don't think there's a manager in GM in baseball crazy enough to let their player touch it on all sides. I don't think there's an agent who would let this happen. This is never getting broken. Congratulations, Kyle Ripken Jr. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for tuning in Episode 3. Uh, that'll do it for us. We'll talk to you again next week on... New Year's Eve. Um, that'll be a fun episode. Hopefully some new segments. Of course, in the meantime, you can talk to us on Twitter, Rounding Third Now. That is Rounding 3RD Now on Twitter. We'd love to get the interaction there in between episodes. Let us know how is your Christmas, how is everything looking there, your baseball Christmas wish list, all kinds of things we want to talk. Let's make this a conversation. Let's grow the sport. Merry Christmas, y'all.